program created by Rio Grande. Weapons police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Broadcast 193. Regarding the robbery at the West Coast Theater on Manchester Boulevard. The sex was seen leaving the scene of the robbery in a package sedan. That's all. Close and close. California's leading attorneys advised their clients to follow a certain business practice that would save them money and time and trouble. You would follow that advice too, wouldn't you? The California's leading physicians recommended a specific food for your diet that would give you more energy, tone up your system, make you live longer. Why, I'm sure you'd buy it right now. When the leading authorities on gasoline, those who tested the most, buy the most, use the most, overwhelmingly endorse Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Why, in all sincerity, don't you use it? More of your cities and counties use Rio Grande Clutch gasoline to power their police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and emergency equipment than any other brand. Last year, your law enforcement equipment drove over 55 million miles, powered exclusively by Rio Grande Clutch gasoline. A famous sales authority once said, You can make the public buy anything. They buy on feeling, not facts. But Rio Grande sales figures have disproved this statement, for in the face of the advertising claims of many gasoline, the proved facts of police car performance have caused Rio Grande to lead all others with the greatest percentage of sales increase. Be guided by qualified, intelligent advice. Get Rio Grande Clutch gasoline from your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow and every tomorrow. Inasmuch as the case we are to hear tonight has been taken in the main from confidential files of the police department, we have asked Captain S.J. McCaleb of the robbery detail to prepare a foreword for our program. Captain McCaleb. I have found that crime does pay. <clears throat> crime pays in ruined lives, wrecked homes, sorrowing loved ones, misery and death. Tonight's story is not a story of murder and passion, but by comparison, a simple thing, a robbery. Bookish in form, tonight's story happened actually as you shall hear. Some facts regarding the criminal elements of this story will be given you again at the end of the program. This is a story about space blowers, a young girl and a xylophone. The story opens in a modest home near Manchester Avenue in Los Angeles. I don't think I'll ever get this right. Oh, let's see now. Madeline, will you stop eating on that pile of kindling and go to bed? But, Mother, I want to practice. Mr. Schultz has promised me a place on next week's Vaultville Bill if I can get this seat memorized. Darling, you'll drive us crazy with that painting. You'll have to find someplace else to practice. But where can I go, Mother? Why don't you ask Mr. Schultz if you can practice at the theater? You could work there before the show every day. Mother, that's a grand idea. 
I can run over to the theater during lunch hour and practice at least half an hour every day. Why didn't I think of that before? How is the school orchestra doing oh, here? Well, we have a lot of new instruments now. Lots of the kids got what they needed when the Elks gave the benefit for it last week. That was a mighty nice thing to do. I guess they're pretty fine men. It helps us a lot, too. I wouldn't have had my xylophone paid for if they hadn't helped me. That's true, dear. Your father could Oh, Mommy, I didn't mean that. Dad's been awfully good to me, and I know he wanted to get the xylophone, but he just couldn't. That's why I saved out of my lunch money. I just happened to be lucky when they decided to use the benefit money for the orchestra. Now, I know your father will be glad when we tell him. Okay, Mom. Well, I have to run along now. Will you get Dad to uh, take my uh, <laughs> kindling pile over to the theater tomorrow? Surely. We'll take it over when he goes to work. Well, good night, Mom. Good night, darling. Sleep tight. We put you aside upon that stage here so it would be safe. You could play to your heart's content, Becky, and nobody would bother you. What time does your first show start, Mr. Schultz? Oh, not until 2 o'clock. You get plenty of time. If there's anything you want, just hunt for it. Thanks, Mr. Schultz, but I think I'll be all right. Oh, uh, be sure to cover up the xylophone when you leave. I will. You know, the night soldier might set his bucket on it. Well, I certainly wouldn't want that to happen. Uh, just look at the top of this piano here. You see where that dummy set his bucket on one night? Left it there all night. So I got a white ring on my tiny piano. Well, doesn't he put these heavy covers on it? He does now, or I fire them. I'd better be careful, too. Oh, don't you worry, Miss Madeline. You'll be all right. Go right ahead with your practicing. All right, Mr. Schultz. It's not bad. Then <laughs> uh, well, uh, luck, you pretty clean little baby, up in the safe and go home. <laughs> uh, this has been a hard day. There you are, my little chicky bitty. <laughs> I'm sure glad I put in this new safe. I feel better at night. Take a mighty smart crook to get that open. <laughs> in two feet of concrete, too. <laughs> and then, oh, good night, Sam. Oh, yeah, 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 Mr. Schultz. Now, there you go, starting the night off with sleeping. How many times I got to tell you, Sam? You're hired to watch this, please. Get on your feet and stop snoring all over the house. Yeah, Mr. Schultz, I don't snow no more. I don't sleep. What are you mumbling about, Sam? Nothing at all, Mr. Schultz. I'm just so tired, that's all. I never saw you when you wasn't tired. Now, put the cover on the piano. Oh, be sure you don't bother Miss Madeline's telephone. Uh, which, Mrs. Hughes? A telephone. Uh, Let's take over there by the switchboard. Uh, uh, oh, but uh, don't bother it. Leave it alone. Leave it covered up. Yeah, Miss Hughes, I don't bother it at all. I, uh, oh, boy, I sure is sleeping. Don't let me catch you sleeping around here. 
Get your sleeping gun at home. No, I can't get no sleeping gun around my house. Why not? Oh, the kids keep me awake all day. Yes. And then the old woman awoke. It's just good in the work yourself. Your poor wife wouldn't have to work. No, yeah, but I'm too tired to work. I, uh, you better get at it now, though. This place needs cleaning up. Yeah, well, good night, Mr. Shoe. Good night, Cam. <laughs> to a secluded speakeasy in the more squalid section of Sacramento. It is late in the fall of 1925. Two men sit at a table littered with empty glasses and remnants of food. I tell you, this thing's a story. You can open it up like you're sitting on a plaque with a sledgehammer. Yeah? Say, I worked on one of them things for two weeks and never did get it open. You gotta know how. You gotta know how, pal. You just turn them over, hit them all up, and zingo, they fly open. Ever try opening a heron that way? Never saw a heron. What's it like? It's a two-door chip. They usually sink them in concrete. Have to blow them out and haul them away to work on them. I always open them on the job. I'm an expert Peterman, I am. You talk too much. You drink too much, too. Don't lecture me, pal. I'm a good yay. I know my business. I'm a big sledge and punchman from New Orleans. You're going to be punched drunk if you fool around these stocking boys much. Don't have to fool around them. Hey, let's knock over a gun blow. I got to consent. I know I am. I know where there's a swing of Don't walk so heavy. You wake up the watchman. You said there wasn't a watchman here. Uh, how did I know? Be quiet. Here, hold this flash. Shine it on a knob. I'm going to swing on it. Go ahead. Now, a little soup on this cotton, wrap it around a cap, light the fuse, and wait. Get set. There we are. Uh, seven bucks in that spotlight. We'd better do better here than we did in Stockton last week. Fresno's always a better job for quick money. How are you going to get in this dump? Better not let Dutch hear you call his pool room a dump. Come on, here's the door we can pry open. It smells like a saloon. Where's that so-called face? Right here. Hold the light. Here she goes. Now the cotton, the soup, wrap it around a cap, light the fuse, and we're set. Hmm. Help yourself, Mr. Gray. Ask you, Mr. Becknell. Hmm. One hundred, hundred and ten, eleven, a hundred and eleven dollars and two watches. Some probably hot them to dust for beer. <laughs> Won't touch his face be red when he can't get him back. Night after night, through the secret little towns of California, stalked this marauding pair. Face fast to face with blown open or stolen. 
Modesto, Sacramento, Orangeville, and Vesalia paid tribute to these nocturnal yeggs. Then came a period of quiet. Then from Valley Springs came news of another face blown open. Riverdale, Woodlake, Salida, Cressy, Elk Grove, and Alma reported raids. At last, with a sizable roll in their pockets, Robert Becknell and Edward Gray made their way to Los Angeles. One night in a dive on East First Street. Terry, this is Bob Becknell, my pal and then jobs I've been telling you about. This is Terry Gardner, Bob. Hiya, Gardner. Hiya. Eddie tells me you're a pretty food working here. I ain't never seen a box like that open. No? Well, Carl, see, I'll tell you what it's when you stand open. Well, what kind is it? In the West Coast Theater on Manchester. It's a hell you know, Eddie's been talking about them. What's the matter with them? Well, nothing so far as I can figure out, except that they're buried in concrete, and you usually have to blow out half the boogum to get them out. Well, you figure out taking this joint. Well, me and my brother's been staking the joint now for a couple of weeks, see. We went and buy the first tickets when the show opens on Saturday, and then buy the last ticket on Sunday night. And that way, we know about what the jump's doing every weekend. We figure it's about the, you know, two or three games. That's a nice evening at work. Yeah, that's what we thought. Okay, now look. I got a job planned at 6932 Hollywood Boulevard for tomorrow night. I can't help you on that theater job, but here's the way you do it. You go in there. And when you get everything cut, you cover up the box with something to cut the noise the soup will make. You set it off, and it'll blow that box right out of the wall. Then all you got to do is cut it off somewhere and open it any time. Oh, that's an idea. We can take it up to the cabin and depend the thing. Huh? Don't make no difference where you take it. Just so you get it open. How's about driving me to Hollywood? Okay. We'll go up and pull up here to Jeff's place and then I'll pick you up later. Well, it's great. What are you driving? Pack of cheese in. Well, let's start driving. Hey, uh, don't you think you're a little too drunk if you're going to chase you up, you know? Yeah. I never saw one of them I couldn't crack. <laughs> Later that night, Officer W.J. Taffy saw the now staggering Becknell go into an alley at the rear 6932 Hollywood Boulevard. He followed to find Becknell attempting to force open the rear door. Hey, you, come down here. How's this crowbar do, copper? Or maybe you'd like a slug from his pretty Oh, yeah? Come on down from there. I think a good slug of a door might help you. Hey, go easy, pal. I got a bottle of soup on me. Where? In my back pocket. Becknell was arrested and taken to headquarters. He readily implicated his companions who had driven into Hollywood. Meanwhile, even as Becknell was being captured, Terry Gardner and his brother had gone to the West Coast Theater on Manchester Avenue. Throughout the evening, Sam, the porter, has been worrying about the xylophone and manages Susan's warning not to meddle with it. At last, he can stand the suspense no longer. Mm, I wonder what's under this here thing Mr. Sheets is so particular about. I want her to take a look at it. Mm, my, my, a whole lot of tin and blocks on frame. Huh? Oh, it looks like to me. Got a lot of pipes on it, too, there. <laughs> Man, is I a musician or is I a musician? You know that dead quarter, if you don't put your mitts up to keep your mitts up. Uh, who, who said that? I said it and you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah sir, I, I'm doing it. What's the old wrong? Well, it's a shake. 
Oh, yeah, there's a perfect tent right here in this plate on the end. There's some pictures of that, too. Uh-oh. There's a nice-looking heel print on the paper in this chair. Yeah. Well, Mr. Schultz, looks like there's enough material here to establish an identification. Yeah? I'll check with Barlow. If we've got any of these prints in our files, we'll have your men before you can say Jack Robinson. I hope so. Well, I'll be chasing along now. See you later, Mr. Schultz. <laughs> and, uh, Sam. Yeah, sir. Don't look so scared. It's all over now. No, I ain't scared. That is not now. I'm just so tired, that's all. Acting on a hunt, Captain Captain Berger has the Hollywood burglar Bechnel brought to his office for questions. Bob, they tell me you're in a pretty ugly mood last night. I guess so. You don't usually work alone like that, do you? No, not usually. How come you didn't have your pal with you last night? Oh, uh, he was busy. Opening another safe? Maybe. Haven't seen the Gardner boys lately, has it? No. Not since last night, have you? I ain't saying. You know, you can get along with me much better if you tell me what you know. Well, what do I get out of it? Just what you'd get out of it if you didn't talk. I'm not making bargains with rats like you. And try and find out what you want to know. That's all right, Bob. I'd just as soon hang that theater job on you as on Gardner. Oh, no, you don't. I was at that Hollywood joint when that happened. Oh, yeah? And just how do you know when it happened? Well, I... Come on, Becknell. Which way did Gardner and his brother go? They've got a shack in Topanga Canyon. Yeah. Better. Who else is in the mob? Eddie Gray. Eddie Gray? You worked with him in Stockton, didn't you? Yeah. Started out in Sacramento and... Worked down. How many jobs have you pulled off here? About four. Were you in on that stuff or a chemical company job? Yeah. What did you do with that safe when you sold it? I don't know. Gardner took it. I see. He says he's got a shack in Topanga Canyon. Yeah. Oh. I think we'll drive out that way. Maybe we'll get a chance to meet the boys. Captain Berger, his partner, drives through the Panda Canyon from Ventura Boulevard. The two Dodgers and Eddie Gray are being arrested by traffic officer D.D. Carl as they emerge on the Ocean Highway. Hey, here comes a car that looks like the boys Captain Berger is looking for. I think I'll stop them. You've got to be ready to let them have it. They're tough. Yeah, don't worry. I'm keeping my eyes open. Ah, you, come on. Pull over the stairs, uh, Come on. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I want to look that car over. What's up? We ain't done nothing. Yeah, maybe not. I'll decide about that later. Look out, Carlson. Yeah, you have to be faster than that, pal. Come on, get out of there now. Come on. Ah, huh. Well, I thought so. Rifles, two sticks of dynamite, and a stick. It's just the boys we're looking for. Come on, pile in. We're going to town. At headquarters, identification of the burglars is completed. Their fingerprints tally, and on Gardner's shoes are found new rubber heels matching the prints left at the theater. In Katzenberger's office, it drills the suspects about other jobs mentioned by Bechnel. Now, listen to me, you bird. We found that theater safe. And you claim you pulled a stopper job. I want to know where that safe is. And so you can cop the reward, huh? What would I do with it if I got it? I want that kid to have a new xylophone. 
That's what I want. Oh, why don't you buy her one? We've got a million fingerprints you left around the theater. The porters identified you and the old lady that lives in the apartment back of the theater saw you load the safe into the package. Now, you know there's a reward offered for that sofa safe. You can help out a youngster by telling us who it is. Yeah. Well, how do we know you're not kidding? Why should I kid? I've got nothing to gain or lose either way. I'm proving this job on you, and you're going to get what's coming here either way. Now, how about it? Where's that sofa safe? And, uh, I should my sofa with a kid. Huh? Okay. You want to? Don't be a joke. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Well, I think for a couple. I'll split up the hood, too. And if you want to let me in on it, well, I tell us Captain Berger sent for Madeline and allowed her to talk to the prisoner alone. Now, listen, sister, it's just like I told you, see? We didn't know it was your, the, the, the telephone, so we split it up. Why did you have to do it? Oh, see, we really can't go, see? Now, now you listen to me, and you'll be able to have another telephone, a better one you ever had before. How? There's a hundred dollars reward offered for that stuff at Senator State, I think. Yes, but how did you know that? Uh, never mind how I know this. But I don't know where the safe is. If you sit up long enough for me to tell you, you will. Well, I don't know. All right. Now, you go on on Santa Monica Boulevard, where you are, see? Almost to Santa Monica. You turn left on the Gardner Boulevard, go about here, where you go. And you see a big signboard up there on a vacant lot. You find that safe in a hole in the ground, back to that signboard. But how can I get it out? Oh, for the love of Mike, don't you try to get it out. Take a couple along with you. He'll take care of the rest. Oh, see, how can I thank you? Oh, <laughs> good. Oh, but I won't forget it. You've done an awfully lot for me. Oh, shit. Well, you, you and that, uh, that, uh, what's in the that, uh, 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 sure done a lot for me, too. Have you? How? Oh, never mind. Thank you. When you want to look for that, you'll think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Take that backward copy you brought with you. Will you? Will you? Okay, I will. But now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce a little lady that you all know. You've seen her pictures in the papers and out in front of the theater. The little lady who won the hundred dollar reward. I heard in the text of thirty cooks who uh, stole my safe. And Mary, come out here and play your new spider voice. Well, in honor of the occasion, I've learned a new piece, and I'm going to try to play it for you. <laughs> headlines of two of the feature stories in the new August issue of Calling All Cars News. Now waiting for you at your nearest Rio Grande station. Leslie Howard gives your Calling All Cars News an exclusive story and offers free, personally autographed pictures. Photographs, hot news, and timely chatter about your favorite screen and radio stars. The story of petroleum, 
the new puzzle feature, Brain the Fuddlers, and the best guide to your motion picture attempt. Be sure and get your copy of this extraordinarily interesting issue. It's free, of course, at all Rio Grande stations. While you're in the station, have the oil in your crankcase set. Sinclair oils will not break down in the most intense summer heat at the fastest speed. Why then buy oils that are not completely de waxed, de super refined, and delivered to you in tamper proof cans? Like Sinclair Opaline at only 25 cents a quart. Sinclair eyes for safety with Sinclair motor oil. Get police car performance with Rio Grande cracked gasoline at your independent Rio Grande dealers tomorrow. And now, Captain McKayla. Every criminal connected with this case has met punishment. All of these men might have been valuable citizens had they not been imbued with the idea that crime was a paying proposition. It was for them, it was <coughs> all misery and imprisonment and death. Thank you, Captain McKayla. Please call an all cars, attention all cars. Camp Legend Broadcast 193 regarding a burglary. The session escape are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and quits. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for Rio Grande. This 